Welcome to Why in the World. My name is Ben Shepherd. Now, there are endurance challenges and then there is the continuous decker, the equivalent of 10 back-to-back Ironman events with each discipline's distance added together to create just some truly mind-boggling numbers. Mark Dodgson was the winner of this year's Brutal Events Continuous Decker and he is on Why in the World. Right, Mark Dodson, how are you, man? I'm very well, thank you very much. You're repping your Decker UK Ultra Endurance hoodie. Yeah, I've got to, uh, got so, to do the old uh, advertising a little bit. <laughs> how are you feeling? We're like a month and a half removed now from the Decker. The body, how is it? Surprisingly okay, considering. I haven't done any running, done a tiny bit of cycling since, um, but I've done quite a bit of swimming. But because of my foot issue, yeah, I've not really... Uh, try to exert myself too much yeah, mm. just concentrate on the swimming for the time being we'll get into the foot issue I'm sure <laughs> in, the, in the future but I wanted to start by just getting into a little bit your reasons behind doing the DECA this year why was it a decision that you made to do this race um, there's two things really I mean I'd kind of almost sort of semi-retired from like the long long stuff uh, but the, the, the decker is always like the, the ultimate sort of goal I guess similar to when people start running the goals marathons when you get into the long distance triathlons and stuff like there's always that decker it's kind of the, the ultimate goal normally to do the, that, them sort of distances you've got to go to the places such as like Mexico to do it but yeah for the first time it came over in the UK which it was kind of a uh, it, it was almost telling me to come and do it so I, mm. I you know almost had no choice but to, to, to give it a go and then as well as that uh, my cousin uh, passed away with cancer um, beginning of the year uh, so I had to kind of just I was, I'd already committed to doing the Decker but that kind of just put the um, I was doing it for charity for him so it, it just made it all that more important and all that sort of more special I guess just to, to, to give it a good go The charity element there was a lot of publicity around you doing the Decker particularly in the local area because you're from sort of where I am the northwest of North Wales and the papers picked it up and lots of other people were talking about the fact that you were doing this Decker before the race with everybody kind of talking about it and with it being in the press a little bit did you feel any pressure? I wouldn't say I feel felt any pressure at all really I can kind of deal with that quite well in okay. my own little head um, it's kind of I, I always race from, to myself not to other people I say race it's not really a race uh, but I, I always do these events they are they are for myself and yeah I wouldn't say it was any pressure really. I, I'd, I'd say well, whilst I was training I'd, I'd probably say there was that little bit more pressure but it probably helped in a way I was mm. struggling a little bit with motivation towards the end and so on um, so it, it probably actually helped in a way just to kick me out that door do that extra swim and so on you mentioned training how do you train for a race like this don't really think you can train I I, I certainly didn't train I've, I've done the triple brutal as well um, I, I certainly didn't train as hard this time as I did for that right you know everyone when you go to these sort of distance everyone says oh it, it's all mental and it, it really is sort of that, that mental aspect and you, I think you've either got it or you haven't for these type of events mm. They're just so long. The, the, the physical side of it is is almost second player to these sort of events. I'd say just keeping the body going, almost just keeping the body going. That's being sensible, nutrition, just trying to stay injury free. You're being sensible, you wouldn't have entered. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. There's, there's, there's <laughs> there is that. Um, 
but yeah, just I, I am very injury prone, so I think that played a lot on my mind as well. Uh, you know, because this was like I was only going to have one go at doing this. Mm. I, you know, I don't think I'd want to put myself through it again. So it was very important I got to that start line. There was a really cool clip actually that I saw on Facebook or something, and it was uh, one of your friends running by you when you were on the run. Spoiler alert: you got to the run <laughs> and did finish, and uh, you were like. Yep, I've just swam the furthest I'm ever going to swim. I've just cycled the furthest I'm ever going to cycle. And now I'm currently running the furthest I'm ever going to run. Yeah. It really really does seem like an event that is kind of a, you get one go at, you get one spin at. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, people have to do try it again, but... Yeah, for us mere mortals, it's it, it, it takes a lot out of you. I'm sure you can say you're a mere mortal, but... Uh, just, just competing, it's two weeks of your life gone yeah. whilst you're competing, let alone recovery and the training up to it. So yeah, it, it does take a lot out of you. I'm sure there's people that are listening to this and don't know the distances. So let's just cover that. What exactly is a decker? There's two. There's actually two forms of a decker. Um, so if you take your Ironman, uh, your typical Ironman distances, 2.4 miles swim, 112 mile bike and then you finish with a a 26.2 mile marathon a decker is essentially 10 times that distance there's two options to go down that route so there's the one a day decker where you basically do an ironman every day for 10 consecutive days but then there's also the the continuous decker so the continuous decker is where you complete the entire swim first so that'll be a 24 mile swim then you do the, the, the bike which is 1120 mile bike and then you then finish on the run which is a 262 mile run so they're all 10 times the distances basically why did you choose the continuous rather than the one a day don't laugh <laughs> but, uh, it's quite a small community so in in this sort of stuff that we do you know there's, there's not that many people that do these sort of distances uh, and another good friend of mine actually how many years three years ago maybe four years ago he actually done his he done a, a one a day decker up actually on uh, over the brutal course over on Snowdonia so it was, it, was, it was his own event and we actually met when we were doing the triple brutal so he'd done the triple brutal so yeah so he was doing his one a day decker and I offered to help and I did the last four days of that with him <laughs> it was all a bit last minute I, I hired a van drove over to the lake and I basically stayed in the van, a very smelly van by the end of it for four days, doing the, the uh, helping him finish the, the last four days with him. I didn't find it that difficult in terms yeah. of, it didn't push my the mental side of it because it was an Ironman distance. So once you're done, you're done, you can recover, start again the next day. You know, your legs are hurting, but the swim kind of sorts your legs out the next day. So, okay, only done four. I didn't think it would have pushed me too difficult. Okay. And then you've got the whole continuous aspect of it where, you know, just the, the distance is 24 mile swim. I hate swimming. So, you know, trying to push my body to the limits, I guess, trying to find my limit. Is that something that you think you found? It's quite a strange one. I, I found my mental limit, mm. definitely. The swim, I, surprisingly, I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed, but it was okay. The bike really did mentally push me, and physically, uh, but more mentally than anything. I wouldn't say it was my limit, but I wouldn't like to do any more, if that makes sense. It's so hard, (laughs) isn't it, when you're talking about pushing the limit, because to actually find your limit, you kind of have to fail, don't you? Yes, exactly. if you want to find that limit, it's something that you can't complete, and obviously you did complete this. Let's break it down, swim, bike, run then. 
um, because another aspect about this continuous uh, decker is you, missed, you missed a bit out by the way it's swim, eat, bike <laughs> <laughs> try and sleep a little tiny bit if you can and a bit of sleep yeah. <laughs> like a normal Ironman distance event a lot of them are in a lake in an open water yep. setting this swim let's start with that was a pool swim right? it was yes so you were in a pool you got to wear a wetsuit yes your choice your choice yeah. you didn't yeah. have to yeah. how long was the pool 25 metres? It was, yes. 25 metres. So <laughs> if we're just talking lengthwise, uh-huh. how many lengths is that? I think it works out to 1,620 oh or 50 lengths, somewhere around there, I think it was. How do you even mentally prepare yourself for the fact that you've got to do over 1,500 lengths in a pool? Do you think about the number before you get in or do you just kind of no. get going and then... Not at all. I, I just broke it down. Well... All my training, I, I broke it down into just do a mile, then a rest, do a mile, then a rest. So I planned to do like 24 rest stops, basically. Okay. Um, but then actually the day before I realized, oh, I've got no way of knowing that I've done a mile because <laughs> I've got no counter. To... It turns out that they, 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 they would have actually helped and they would have said I've done a mile. But then I decided I'll just break it down into an hour. So I swam for an hour or swam for just under an hour. No, a couple of minutes, a couple of minutes rest, have some food, and then just carry on. So I just broke it down into into hour sections. That's that's how I managed to to do it. Would you say that was one of the most mentally challenging things that you've done that swim? Actually, no, because I think it was about two months prior to that. Um, me and a good friend who actually done his own homemade decker this year. That's how I, that's probably where most of my training was. I was helping okay. him for the for the whole decker. Um, we done a a charity event. So it's a twenty four hour. Um, swim on the hour every hour for 24 hours you swim a mile uh, okay. which mentally I found a lot more difficult than the uh, I suppose because time is ticking then as well it's not so much time you can finish within like 40 minutes then you get out and it like middle of the night it's not exactly warm so you're getting out of a pool and you get a bit of food down you, and then this alarm goes off or you've got to get back in the pool and yeah doing that for 24 hours was was pretty uh, pretty mental torture so um, that put me in really good stead I think for for the for the swim part which I think is probably why I found it okay okay to be honest don't say easy (laughs) (laughs) you're nearly there you're nearly but it helped me an awful lot of things to do what not to do and you know so actually it didn't really because you can't without doing them sort of distances you can't train you, know, you can't go to your pool and say oh can I just swim for 20 hours please you just can't do it there would be a lot of very strange looks <laughs> for sure yeah. also like random things happening around you a kid swimming class and then ladies doing that yeah. aerobics you don't know what the hell's going on so you just can't train for that so that, that was actually really good to find out you know what, what I can eat what you can't eat yeah. and, you know how cold do I get because I do suffer with the cold even though I'm in a wetsuit in a pool I still get cold and stuff mm-hmm. like that. so it was it was actually really really good for me I've heard of running events like that like 10k on the hour every hour for 24 hours but I've never actually heard of a swimming yeah, one so it's that's actually really good yeah um, super interesting yeah it was in the Lido down south but it was a 50 meter pool which okay. was a bit easier but nevertheless it's still you know that covered the distance 24 miles it was a much longer time it was much more difficult mentally so yeah I think that really helped an awful lot give you confidence that you were going to be able to complete yeah yeah the start of it because yeah, the furthest I'd ever swam was 10 miles or just under I guess it would have been so what was the completion time of the swim then 14 hours and 20 minutes I think it was something like that and when you're doing the swim are you thinking about the bike and the run no no, not at all (laughs) because I think in a standard Ironman event a lot of the time you're just getting the swim out of the way you're thinking about the next couple of things but when I was 
thinking about talking to you and when we set this up, I was thinking, I, he can't have been thinking about that because you must have to split that literally down into three separate events almost, the swim, the bike, yeah. and the run. You finish that and then you realize, oh crap, I've got to go and do an over 1100 mile bike ride now. <laughs> what was your kind of mental process when you got out of the pool and before you started the bike? How did you kind of process the fact that you've just done that and now you've got to do this? Throughout the whole of that, I never really considered it as a, you know, as a, as a triathlon because it's over over days. I'd, I'd promised myself that I would, and I promised a wife <laughs> that I would actually sleep quite well this time. So I'd already sort of realised or hoped that I'd be completing the swim in 16, 16 and a half hours, which would have took me to 11 o'clock at night, midnight, somewhere around there. So the, the end goal was always just get back to the campsite and sleep. So I'd ne- I'd, I was never, ever going to jump immediately onto the bike. So that that whole, oh, I've got a bike to do, didn't really kick in until I woke up the next day. Okay. And, right, okay, I've got to sort my bike out now. So it was quite a nice way of breaking it down, finish a swim, then it was just a case of just get some food down me, get some sleep. And essentially it's like like starting a new event the next day almost. How did you sleep through the whole thing? Uh, I done quite well, to be honest. Um, I think, I want to say sleep, but I rested for four hours every single night between 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'd always stop no matter where I was up to at that point. Uh, sometimes didn't want to, but again, the missus was sort of quite strict, quite strict on that. And she was like, no, you are going to sleep. You know, it's, it's always quite hard, isn't it? When, you know, there's someone circling past you and you're like, well, I'm just sleeping here. What can I do? Uh, mm. But no, I was, I was very strict. I think every single night I, I was at least resting for four to five hours. You kind of got to be talked to like a bit of a child, don't you, when you're doing an event like that? Get off your bike and go to sleep. Exactly. Eat this food. Yeah, because it's so, so easy to say, oh, I'm just going to carry on. I'll carry on. And, you know, you, you can't, you're never as fast through the night. You're getting tired. You're getting more hungry and stuff like that. So I think if I looked at the, the stats, it was definitely four to five hours sleep. Mm. This rest I was getting every single night, regardless. So swim's done. We sleep, we refuel, we move on to the bike. Talk me through the bike course, because again, like the swim, part of the challenge of this continuous decker, I think, is the fact that it is so repetitive. You're doing over 1,100 miles, but you're doing it on a lapped course, right? That's correct, yeah. How long is that lap? It was eight miles. So an eight-mile lap. Yeah. So how many- last year. Last year, I think it was about just over one mile. <laughs> That's only one laps. <laughs> yeah. Does it almost feel like hypnotic going round and round and round like that? Did you try and count the laps to start with? Not on the swim. I'm going back, sorry, not on the uh, on the bike. Going back to the swim, though, I did, did sort of playing little games with myself where I was actually trying to count how many tiles are on the floor. <laughs> that didn't last very long. No, I can't remember. <laughs> I gave up. Just doing it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, on the on the bike, you, you certainly get to know every single little little bit of the course. Mm. And um, I done most of it on my TT bike, but I, I really struggled towards the end, which I guess we'll get onto in a second. Um, but I, it was getting to the point where I actually didn't really need to look up because I could actually figure out, oh, this patch of floor is coming up, so then I've got to turn left in a second. Just I could literally just almost just look at the floor because I knew all of the all of the course sort of mm. almost with my eyes closed. Really. And how were you breaking that up? Were you stopping every I don't know twelve laps, or were you stopping every couple of hours, or how did that work? Um, so a lap was, if I can remember, a lap was taking roughly half an hour or just under and I think for the majority I was probably stopping every two to three laps okay. I think I'd stop which was you know hour hour and a half because I didn't take any food with me on the bike 
So it was always come back, come back, just get some food. Because half the time when you're on the bike, you don't really know what to eat. So if you stop and you're force-fed something, then you just get it down you and off you go. What sort of distance then on the bike did you start really hitting a difficult patch? So I was doing 250 miles each day, I think. I think the first day was quite a bit less, uh, but then it was 250 miles. And then I think I tried to catch up. and I think I'd done a 280 miles in one day. I'd probably say three quarters of the way through the bike, I started to struggle and it was on two fronts because I was doing it on my TT bike quite a lot. I didn't realize that I had my, stupidly had my TT bike in quite an aggressive setup. Okay. So, you know, I'd only really this year stupidly been doing a couple of hundred miles distances. I hadn't really been doing big, big distances in my training. Um, and all of my neck and shoulders just just locked up I, I literally couldn't lift my head up anymore to the point where at some points I probably shouldn't be letting Claire know what I was doing but at some points I was actually had my um, my, my hand under my chin on the, oh. on the TT bike just to keep my head up so I could see where I was going so I had one arm steering uh, the other arm with me hand under my chin just to prop my head up and then you go over a bump and me, me hand would slip out of the way and my neck would just <laughs> my head would just fall down again that was frustrating rather than, than painful just because you know my legs were fine I just wanted to keep going but I just couldn't even hold my head up anymore and then the other one was the obvious bum troubles shall we say you know it was it was very very painful I wasn't the only one that, you know, everyone was, was suffering in that regard I think you put anyone out on a bike for that distance over that many days there's going to be some issues with your butt yes there just is there's yeah. going to be there's there's no way of fixing that either is there no not at all um, you try and get into a comfy position you're spending like you know <laughs> what felt was that like <laughs> hours and hours trying to get into that comfy spot and then you get to that comfy spot and then oh, there's a junction coming up and then yeah. you start again and you just and yeah you just you just can't get comfy and it was getting extremely painful so with that with a combination of my neck I then jumped onto my uh, road bike it was heaven <laughs> it was just I, it was a, as soon as I got on it was like why did I not do this days ago because because yeah. of the short laps and because of the wind that, that that we got towards the end um, my actual bike laps on my TT and my road bike were actually the same so oh, I, wow. I should have done it some time ago well, I suppose you live and you learn, and you, you live and you learn from something you're never going to do again. It's <laughs> exactly. so, yeah. yeah. absolutely fine. So, following the bike, then let's talk about the completion of the bike. You get onto the last few laps, the last yep. ten laps, and what are you thinking at that point? The bike is probably, I'd say, my strongest. Or when I'm on hills, it's probably my strongest. So I kind of always thought it. I you know I had it in my legs and stuff. Um, but I've always got a massive fear of mechanicals on bikes. Yeah. Uh, my TT bike, I, I ride tubs as well. So if I had an issue with the tub, that was you know, it. was basically game over, ring. I'd have to, you know, get someone to pick me up, and you know, you're just wasting loads of time. Mm. So it's not like until the last lap where I was like, right, okay, I'm, I'm done here. <laughs> you had no mechanicals at all. On my tubs, uh, I I had to stop for very quickly because um, I was coming to a junction and a car came out on me and I stopped and skidded can't really remember the how long afterwards but I, you know I think it's probably half a day afterwards and while I was getting some food um, from my friend Chris who, who was helping me throughout he sort of changed his head up on my bike to be slightly less aggressive to see whether that helped 
and it just so happened he looked at my rear tyre and there was not, nothing it was just down to like the wire on the oh, tub wow. so I was so so lucky that you know, from just, that skid it was just nothing so lucky I didn't get a puncture at that point yeah so. I, I mean to, to do 11 over 1100 miles on a bike with very little mechanical problem is is pretty big yeah, anyway I, because I, that was the only thing I mean that wasn't really mechanical it was just oh he spotted it changed it for, for his rear wheel and off I went again so yeah the, nothing no punches nothing what was the final time on the bike good question I've got no idea <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, funny isn't it because like when you're doing a single Ironman distance event you know to the second exactly <laughs> yeah. what you've done oh, and you've done something like this long you're like huh well, yeah, it was a long time. It was a very long time. I've actually got no idea. If you were doing two fifty a day, or around two fifty a day, it would have been about four days, four and a bit days. Yeah, I think it was. About, I, I got half. I got off sort of on the half day. So yeah, I think it was four and a half days. It probably would have been. And did you run straight away then? I ran that day. Okay. Not so, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm did, not I didn't do a 10 second transition. <laughs> drop the bike off, flick your shoes out. <laughs> no, so, yeah, I mean, so I did run that day, but I, I, I used that day as, you know, it was an extremely slow day, not just because I was off the bike, but I wanted to enjoy that moment. I was off the bike, you know, that whole weekend, there's other stuff going on, not just the Decker. So there's plenty of people out who have been, you know, cheering me on when I've been going round that um, turnaround point so I just use it just to say hello out to everybody and you know I was literally walking for, for that first half a day really something that I haven't mentioned yet that I want to mention is just cutoffs because there was a swim cutoff a bike cutoff and a run cutoff and then That's obviously an overall cutoff as well yeah was that something that played into your mind at all when you were doing the certain elements of the race I mean at one point at the very beginning I'd probably say yes the swim was possibly a concern just because it's it was a big unknown to me and i hate swimming you know i've got a bit of a shoulder problem so it was always one of them like anything could have gone wrong i'd probably say maybe halfway through i, I felt fine yeah. you know so I, you knew you were going well yeah the the, the run because i always get injured quite easily the run was always a bit of a scare okay um but it was more of a scare if something goes wrong i get an injury that could have ended it and you know you've done so much been going for six seven days whatever it was and to, to fall the last bit would have would have would have been uh, painful <laughs> because again just flashing back to like a normal Ironman distance event I always think the the one that you want to get through is the bike again because what you've previously just mentioned mechanicals and all sorts of things that can be out of your control yeah. when you get off the bike you stick your trainers on and if you have to walk a marathon you can walk yeah, a marathon and you can still finish and, and you still, can still finish yeah. and it's still good you, you finished it you've done everything you've trained everything's behind you've got your medal you're happy with this remind me of the mileage of the run again 200 262 miles you have to be on your game to avoid that cut off and to finish it ahead of this what was the furthest mileage you had ran uh, I have done a 200 mile ultra okay. before this 2014 I think it was uh, again, I, th I think that put me in really good a mindset as to what I'm going to be expecting. You know, I was in a mess when I finished that 200 miler. Uh, again, okay, it's not the same. That was continuous. This is, you know, you, you, you've you got time to, to sleep and stuff, especially considering the time I'd built up myself anyway throughout the, the, the event. Again, I, I reiterate exactly like the swim and the bike this run course was a lap run course it was yeah and it, it was, was just, over, just over a mile 
in distance yeah so the, the one a day deckers they actually do swim in, in the lake so the, the whole event was held in a, like a caravan park basically um, so yeah so we were basically running around that lake around the campsite past your tent which you tried to not oh, go into <laughs> where that That's nice awful. comfy bed is <laughs> it's awful it's yeah. like when you when you have to run past the finish line because they haven't They've got the burger stalls and stuff there going. So you just like, have to go like half a mile away and you're like, ah! Yeah. But with this, you've got a lot further to go. So 262 miles, you've done 200 miles, you get out on there. What was the support like throughout the whole thing? Oh, it's absolutely amazing. You know, obviously I have to say my, my wife and Chris who helped us, that they, they were amazing. They, they, they were there for the, for the full thing, but everybody else that was there, it was just... Uh, these sort of events, they, they kind of, they're always like that, especially the the, the, the brutal events, mm. which is what it was. They are like a, it's like a little family community or extended family sort of community. Everyone's, it's not, you're not there to beat people. You're not there to really necessarily get a time. It's just about finishing these things. So. They've got such an incredible reputation as well, brutal, in the in the sort of world mm. of triathlon and ultra endurance events. I've yeah. spoke to so many people on this podcast now and so many people that have, have done the double or the triple brutal and it's kind of their first sort of foray, if you will, into that sort of ultra, ultra distance yeah. Yeah. of triathlon. They just seem like really cool people and it seems like it's like, like you said, one big family almost. Yeah, oh, yeah it's absolutely brilliant. Um, despite the pain that everyone's going through, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's smiling. I, th- <laughs> I think I did get the smile award as well yeah. <laughs> on top of it because, uh, yeah, I got quite a few comments. How are you still smiling and all this kind of stuff? But yeah, it just, why not? I mean, you, you're you there could, to do it. You've yeah, chosen to do it. Exactly, you've chosen to do it. Why, why sulky way around? Why not just make <laughs> a holiday out of it as it were? <laughs> That's the wrong thing. <laughs> um, so your back's bad, your bum's bad on the run how did the transition from that spinning movement that you'd been doing for four and a half days or whatever it was how did that transition to then your running movement and the injuries that you were worried about getting did they ever sort of reveal themselves the two things I normally suffer with is my calves both calves Uh, I always have an issue with that and my hip flexor uh, which is extremely tight on, on my right hand side the hip flexor was the first one to go and I think that was even actually on the f- first night if I'm not mistaken or it could have been the second night to the point where there's there's like there's <laughs> on the whole course it's relatively flat there's a what turned into a mountain but it's probably only about three foot high or something it's like and, a step <laughs> yeah and then there's there's literally two steps at the far end of the course and I actually couldn't get up then two steps because I, I just literally couldn't lift my knee up because of my hip flexor that's when these demons started playing in my head and oh god it started already I've got you know I've, I was probably only 20 miles in 30 miles in you know never going to finish this thing but luckily one guy doing the one a day decker like you, you brought a whole field of like a Formula 1 team and he he, he had a, a physio guy there to help him we got chatting on the course and stuff like that and he said oh just speak to me friend he'll, he'll take a look for you if you want that was amazing the next day I was a lot comfier okay. um, wasn't pain free but I was certainly a lot comfier I could get up them steps quite just easily just looser it just felt yeah, looser yeah and then it just throughout that whole next day it just started to get looser and looser and I was, I was back to running again and then when my calves go I always know that they're going to happen so I can kind of preempt it a little bit now I get this sort of warm tingly feeling I started oh, to get here that we go. yeah I started yeah. to get that in my right calf so it never actually totally went but Again, it's just something to be thinking about. I was being conscious of it all the time, just trying to play it easy. When my calf goes, it's one of them where it's, it's just as hard to walk as it is 
to run. Mm-hmm. So that was just playing mind games on me all the time. What do I do? What do I do? I strapped it up as best I could. Again, got another bit of physio on it that next day. Uh, and again, that started to sort of ease itself. And I think the last two days, apart from my foot problem, I was kind of what's it normal injury free the typical injuries like that, that I get I was quite blessed let's talk about the foot then yeah what happened exactly with the foot so I got a stress fracture on my left foot uh, on like on one of the metatarsals and, and I could feel it immediately as soon as it went it was on that mountain that three foot mountain that we have to go up every lap for whatever reason as soon as I started to go up that hill I just felt this sharp pain in my foot I've had a I've had a stress fracture in my shin bef- as well previous to this so I and it was that same feeling so I kind of knew what was going to happen but there's not a lot you can do I just had to take some more man up pills and just carry on bizarrely again it was actually okay running but if I stopped for any prolonged period of time but obviously you have to for food I had to sleep it was agony getting going again but once I was moving and me you know I was a bit more mobile the pain was manageable what we haven't mentioned was the fact that you were in the front of the race. Uh, yes. Because you actually did end up winning the race, right? Correct, yes. Was that something that you were thinking about? Did you care about that? Or was there a point in the run that you were thinking, oh, it'd be quite nice to win this, actually? No. <laughs> there you go. Answer Super. all the questions with one word. Yeah. No, not, not at all. Um, yeah, I came out second on the swim. I was only like 10 minutes behind. I think it was second again on the bike but I mean just because I was in first for one night I'd take four hours sleep and the other guy wouldn't I was down in, in fourth mm. you know, it's we're talking at such long time scales being first means nothing yeah you know if I picked up an injury it's game over uh, so yeah and I suppose it's where you put your cycles as well in terms of your eat cycle your sleep cycle like how you're breaking up your days it almost kind of just comes down to who is running on that last bit and yeah, slept exactly you know like Matthew Pritchard yeah, I think he was I'd say something like sixth, seventh, pure guess uh, on off the bike onto the run but then he he just kept going and going mm. and going he's a and, savage and man. you could just see him just ticking up ticking up ticking up you know and he, he'd done absolutely amazing so you know going from seventh or eighth or what it was we're talking what was it three days <laughs> four days of, of, of running there's plenty of distances and time that you can make up on that so yeah it, it never really occurred to you. never really occurred to me um, a few little red mists started coming out a little bit you know like, like I said before you know I was going to bed and I was like oh, shall I just carry on shall I just carry on but you know I was I was very strict on you know my, my sleep patterns or I was forcibly very strict on my, <laughs> on my sleep patterns it's about um, completion isn't it oh yeah totally when did you realise we're on the home straight now we're going to get this done soon. Um, the last lap. <laughs> I, I was going to say, honestly, the last lap because of, okay. of injuries. I probably started to um, feel like I was going to finish. I think there was a video that James Page uh, done of me. and I think I said there was like six laps left to go, somewhere around there. And at that point, I was like, it's getting done regardless. Mm-hmm how long that takes I don't know because I was getting slower and slower because again because of my sleep pattern like 10 11 o'clock was when I was sleeping this is already 10 11 o'clock or maybe even a bit later so it was going past what you what I've been doing for the last nine ten days already so I was starting to get tired 
throughout that whole event, I didn't realise how much I needed or how much I was reliant on, sounds stupid, how much I was reliant on food. Normally I'm quite good. I can, you know, I, I train fasted. So food is secondary almost. Mm. But it was very obvious on this race that as people could tell, I was like, I'd just take a, like a big dipper, but I'd take a big down, I'd get some food down me and then I was back on it again it's just so many calories out isn't it so many calories out over so many days so your body's trying to repair itself by using the calories that you haven't got and you haven't got any calories in your body to do what you're doing anyway yeah so by the time it got to that like the, the very end it was like 10 11 o'clock at night i didn't want to be eating i was coming but so so my my energy levels were like rock bottom plummeted. yeah so although i kind of knew i was going to be finishing then it, it, there wasn't a happy i'm going to finish quite yet because it was still a massive you know massive struggle for me to to, to get through it all that last lap was, was amazing mm. everyone came running with me um everyone done that whole last lap with me sadly sadly the heavens opened like two laps before it was just torrential rain so and again i suffered quite badly with the cold so i, I didn't want to get cold so i think it was the only lap that i actually ran the complete one the complete <laughs> course I to get just back. wanted to get it over so it was actually my fastest lap was my last lap that's mad yeah much to the disappointment of everybody because everyone came around with me thinking oh it's gonna be cool we're gonna celebrate da, 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 da. james page had a massive <laughs> big robe on and two coats or something like that and he was absolutely sweating oh, by the end because he, he couldn't keep up um yeah, I knew I was done on that last lap once I started. No, all that pain went away temporarily. Mm. I was just, yeah, and, yeah, ran the whole thing to... That last to 100 metres, what did that feel like when you could see the, the gantry and you were ready to finish and get the trophy, get the medal? Oh, it, it, it was amazing. It was, it was a relief more than anything. Um, you know, I'd, I'd finished. It was just, yeah, it was, it was a relief just to get to that finish line. It, there, mm. there was... I don't think it has sunk in yet that I've worn or anything like that. It is. It, it, it was literally, I'm done. I've done it. You know, it, it, this is, you know, I've been dreaming about doing a Decca for eight to ten years. It was like the ultimate goal and I'd, find, I'd finally got there. It was, you know, it was a massive achievement for me. Truly some incredible mental and physical resilience from Mark. It's amazing what the human body is capable of. Big shout out to Mark for coming on. Absolute savage. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another drop. Until then, if you've missed any episodes up to this point, remember you can head back and listen to all of the episodes of Why in the World. Make sure as well you subscribe, rate and review.